Alright, welcome to the official OCPHA podcast journey series where we interview our local pharmacy professionals about their journey into their specialized fields. My name is Tony and I'll be your host. And actually I wanted to say this episode is going to be a little bit different. So I also run a different podcast called Pharmacy IT and Me in which I focus on pharmacy informatics and pharmacy IT and technology. So in that podcast, I interview some of the pharmacy professionals that work in that field. So the reason why I'm mentioning that is... One of the pharmacists that I interviewed in Pharmacy IT and Me is Dr. Komal Patel, which happens to be an Orange County pharmacist as well. So today's recording will be a repost of that episode with Dr. Komal Patel, who will actually also be presenting at the upcoming CPHA Western Pharmacy Exchange. Hope you enjoy. And uh, today we'll be speaking with our special guest, Dr. Kamal Patel, on what her role is in the pharmacy technology and informatics world. So thank you so much for taking some time to be on the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Tony. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me to be on your show. Of course, of course. So for our listeners, can you tell them a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. So I graduated from the USC School of Pharmacy in uh, 2004. And when I graduated, even if someone who was considered world famous for having the most accurate crystal ball, if they would have told me at that time that one day, I'd end up taking a lead role in pharmacy advocacy efforts here in California or uh, someday end up working in health technology instead, I'd have laughed in their face. (laughs) When I left pharmacy school, the job market was great. Uh, And I thought I had a fairly clear path ahead of me. I like talking to people. I like solving problems. And I figured I'd end up pretty much dedicating my professional life to community pharmacy, which is where my passion was. But of course, life is full of surprises and opportunities. And uh, I, I was just enough of a risk taker to probably chart a path that's less taken in pharmacy. Okay, so I guess what was the reason why you decided to get into the technology side? So I know that you just spoke about advocacy and being in love with the community pharmacy. Was there kind of like a trigger that made you go into technology? Or was it just more of like a smooth transition that you kind of just went through? Yeah. So uh, rewinding back to the beginning of my career, I actually started off working in a retail chain environment, believe it or not. We had Savon Pharmacies uh, back then, and then that eventually became CVS. And after some time, I was actually approached by an independent pharmacy owner to join her and help grow her pharmacy business. And collectively, We were able to market the business pretty aggressively, and we grew pretty rapidly. And I learned the A through Z of the pharmacy business working in that environment. And I sometimes joke that I earned my MBA on the job. I worked at at that independent. I loved working there. It allowed and forced us basically to be innovative and agile. We didn't have a choice. You had to be both. And it it was great doing that. But I realized that there was always this frustration that remained that as a PharmD, I was trained to do so much more clinically than what I was being allowed to do in the community practice setting. And that basically started triggering a change in my career path that led me into health technology. Okay, so how did that trigger you? So what, what what were the steps that you took? I guess, after that, that inspiration made you go into healthcare IT? Yeah. So I, I started getting involved in advocacy efforts, first of all, here in California to help expand pharmacist scope of practice. And, you know, through my advocacy efforts, people got to know me here in California. And, and I had some interesting job and consulting opportunities uh, pop up for me in the Bay Area. 
And after living nearly all my life in, in pretty much a 30-mile radius here in Southern California, I thought it'd be good to get away for a bit and experience something a little different. And of course, being in the Bay Area, I was exposed to everything that was happening in terms of technology and disruption in the Silly Valley, which is, of course, also known as the Silicon Valley. There is a huge culture of innovation there, and it's pretty infectious. So I was there. I was in the middle of it all. I started seeing a lot of events revolving around health technology, too. And I started event uh, attending a lot of these events just to see what the buzz was all about. So initially, I didn't really have the intention of getting into health technology myself. But as I saw these events and I started attending them all, I, I was really, I was very quickly enthralled in, in it all uh, or enthralled by it all and delved right in. So in going to all these events, you do a fair amount of networking. You meet a lot of people. I was exposed to all kinds of uh, technologies that these companies were working on. They were out there to change every part of healthcare, be it improving efficiency or figuring out how to collect health data in a better way, or even organizing or democratizing health records. And of course, figuring out how to help patients better stick to medication therapy and self-care instructions. And, and that's when I really realized that what these guys were doing was the next change revolution that I really wanted to be a part of. And again, like I said, I was networking, was going to all these events, and I find my, found myself having conversations with a lot of uh, founders and employees of these health technology startups. And I realized that the things that these guys were working on were great, but what they lacked was the insight from the trenches on how medical guidelines are, are applied in practice how a product needs to integrate with workflow, or simply even how to most effectively counsel and talk to patients. Because what you had were a group of engineers and business folks creating these health technology products. You didn't necessarily have clinicians who were involved on the team providing these internal insights. And so I used my background to basically uh, sell myself as a domain expert who could come in and consult and help them improve their technologies and find a better place for themselves in the market. So I got started through consulting. Okay, so moving on to where you are today, I guess, are you still doing consulting or what, what is your current job title and uh, what is your typical day like? So currently, I am no longer doing consulting. As I was looking, or I completed a set of consulting uh, gigs, and as I was out there looking for, for some new opportunities to get into, I coincidentally ran into the CEO of a company called Catalia Health. We started chatting, and he was telling me about what he was doing, and I was really fascinated by, by the concept that they had going on, and I'll explain that in a bit. But, but through my conversations with him, he just basically turned around and said, why don't you just join us full time? We could use someone like you on our team who comes with a clinical background, who knows about medications and, and how, how they get applied in therapy. And so I joined Catalia Health, which is where I currently work. Uh, I am a clinical pharmacist on the team, and I essentially help bring the clinical integrity to what we do. 
So at Catalia Health, we've built a care management platform that uses a robot interface to converse and interact with patients. And yes, you heard me right. I did say robot. She's a cute tabletop robot that sits about 14 inches tall. She basically talks to the patients whose home she goes into. So what exactly is her job? Why are we using her? What am I doing in this company working with this robot? So as we know, patients are diagnosed and they leave the doctor's office or hospital with a handful of prescriptions and probably a thick stack of instructions on how to care for themselves at home. Well, the environment that we have gotten into You know, these patients go to the pharmacy, they pick up their meds, or they're in the doctor's uh, office in the exam room, and they're all very quickly rushed out of these environments. No one has the proper time to sit down and talk to them and counsel them the way they should. And even if they are counseled, these patients really only absorbed maybe 10% of what was said uh, to them. And that's where our robot comes into play. So she goes home with patients who have been diagnosed with, a, with chronic disease states. She sits in the patient's home, and she talks to them about their condition. She, she wakes up every day, and she says, hi, how are you? Is this a good time for a check-in? And during these check-ins, she'll talk to patients, and she'll remind them to take their weight and ask for their blood pressure readings, and she'll give tips on how they can maintain their diet. And she also can answer questions on medications and side effects and how patients can possibly mitigate side effects. And the reason she's doing all of this is to help keep patients on therapy, keep them on therapy longer, keep them following self-care instructions, and of course, ultimately with the goal of improving their health outcomes. And so again, going back to what am I doing here? Well, I bring the clinical background and the expertise to what we do. So I, I... work with our creative writer. I go, I resource and research all the clinical guidelines for a particular disease state that we may be building a program for. And I figure out what exactly does the patient need to know about this disease state? What do they need to know about their meds? What do they need to know about their diet? What do they need to know in terms of monitoring themselves? And I gather that information And then I work with our creative writer to write dialogue for the robot. And that is my current role. Wow. The whole time you're explaining that, I'm like smiling because it's it's such a really great concept as well. Like it's it's great to leverage that technology to have patients be reminded of how to take the meds and also like be kind of like a interactive, I guess, dictionary or uh, reference. But it's also really cool that you're considering the human interaction with the robot. Like having that interaction and what you just said with the creative script writing, having that kind of brings the robots to have more of a personal feel to it. So it's really cool. Exactly. And that's actually her USP, right? You might wonder, why are we using a robot versus an app, right? And the truth is there are now hundreds of thousands of health apps in the app store. It is so easy to get lost in the sea of apps. Patients are also very quickly distracted. They may download an app, use it for a couple of weeks, and then they're on to the next best app. Well, a randomized control trial that was done by our CEO, Dr. Corey Kidd, showed that patients who interacted with the robot were engaged for at least 40% longer than simply using apps or, or maybe even just trying to work through like a, a workbook or trying to keep paper logs of their care. And this story was, I, this sorry, and this study was actually capped 
at a certain point. So the truth is, you know, he ran his study longer than he was expecting to, largely because the patients that, that were in the trial did not want to give his robot back to them. They became so attached <laughs> to it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. They became so attached to it that when he went back at the end of the six weeks where, where he'd originally planned to end the trial to collect the robots, there were patients refusing to give her up. They wanted a little more time with her. So he allowed them to continue working with the robot. And then at a certain point, because he was writing a PhD thesis paper, he, he was forced to, to collect the robots back. So the true potential of this technology is likely far more effective than what he even found during his, his research period. And in the piloting that we have uh, been doing with our robot, uh, we're finding much of the same. And patients come back and report to us that, you know, they've, they've given her a new name, you know, something that's dear to them. Mm-hmm. Or they put scarves around her, give her a hat. And those kinds of things just go to show you how the robot is able to create a psychological bond with the patients, which is absolutely amazing, right? You would not think that, that a device like this could be creating this kind of engagement and a connection with people. But I think that's exactly the beauty of this is we are all hungry and looking for the for human connection and interaction. And this robot is actually able to substitute for some of that. So it's absolutely amazing. And we can't wait to see what happens. Wow, that's really cool. So getting back into just in general, how you got into the field, if someone wanted to kind of be in a role like a uh, like how you are, like a clinical pharmacist that works for a company that works in health IT, um, do you have any advice on how they would, you know, change their career path or navigate into that field? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the starting point really is, is you have to have a very solid clinical footing. You have to know what you're doing first, right? It's important to go out there, get that clinical experience, because that's what you take with you. So you take that with you and you, you, you show how your clinical or your domain expertise can be used and applied in a health technology company. And I also highly recommend and suggest folks to attend these health technology conferences. There are plenty of them. There are some great conferences out there for everything from Health 2.0 to HIMSS. You know, there's some MedCity events as well. And look them up, see what's in your area. Go see what people are working on. And I feel like that in itself will help inspire you and help you find a niche or a place for yourself in this industry. Especially if you're a little more innovative and creative, I can guarantee you, you can find a role for yourself. Wow, that's really good advice. And if people wanted to reach out specifically to you, if they had questions about how you got into your career, or maybe like if they wanted to see what else you were working on, is there a way that they can reach you? Yeah, absolutely. I'm always open to talking to people. I, I love, I, I would absolutely love for more people to join in the conversation and uh, help transform what we're doing here in healthcare. Feel free to reach out to me via LinkedIn or email. My email address is kapatel006 at gmail.com. Or like I said, feel free to le- reach out to me via LinkedIn. And let's get that conversation started and see where we can take you with your career. Awesome. Thank you so much. And uh, one more thing is uh, in the upcoming CPHA Western Pharmacy Exchange, from my understanding, you're providing a CE at the event. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. 
So yes, I will be talking at the upcoming Western Pharmacy Exchange. Uh, the topic of my CE presentation is tech companies are shaping the next generation of pharmacy practice. Are you ready to evolve? And the reason I'm presenting this topic is because so much is happening around us. We're constantly hearing about one of the big tech giants getting into healthcare or, or bringing out some new technology, health technology products. And the truth is, you know, more of us can be a part of that. More of us can take what's out there and apply it to what we're doing, even in more traditional uh, pharmacy practice settings. And I want to show you how that can be done. So look forward to my pharmacy colleagues joining me at Western Pharmacy Exchange in April. And I'll be seeing you there because I already RSVP to that CE. <laughs> Wonderful. Looking forward to seeing you there, Tony. Yep. And uh, thank you again so much for being on the show. To be respectful of your time, I'd like to thank you again for taking some time out of your busy day to be on the show. You're absolutely welcome. Thank you very much for having me. All right. If you like this episode, please rate us on iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, or any of your other favorite podcasting services. You can find out more about our organization by visiting ocbha.org, or you can follow us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. But until next time, OCPHA is signing off, reminding you to get determined, get inspired.